Hi, I'm Chelsea, the Christian Nutritionist. Welcome to the Christian Health Club podcast. We are here to fire you up in spirit, mind, and body so that you can get out into the world and be everything God created you to be. Welcome to the club. Here we go. Hello, my friend. Welcome back to the club. How are you today? So last week, we talked about the new program I've been working on for myself and which I've decided to turn into a challenge for my clients, for y'all, called 10 Times Stronger. We talked about the importance of building muscle for a good metabolism, bone density, uh, for transforming body composition, and just for overall good long-term health. This week, we're going to talk about the dietary strategy part of the program, which is optimizing protein and specifically protein distribution. Because, you know, you can't make muscle without protein. In fact, you can't make much of anything in your body, your skin, hormones, immune cells, your hair, your neurotransmitters, your liver cells, your gut cells, any of it. You cannot do any of it without protein. The amino acids from protein are the material that our body uses to make our body. Um, and our body is constantly regenerating. So we've got to get a steady and optimal intake of those amino acids from protein. And many of us, I'd say most of us, are not getting enough protein. And yet it is the most powerful macronutrient when it comes to reshaping our body and becoming more lean. Remember that when we're talking about body composition, we're talking about our lean mass versus our fat mass. And our lean body mass includes the weight of our muscle, organs, skin, bones, and water. And we have so much influence over our skeletal muscle. And an increase in muscle mass means an increase in lean body mass, which leads to a reduction in fat mass. And that is what we want, yes? It makes us look nice and trim and fit in our clothes and out of our clothes. Um, But more importantly, it means we're more healthy. Our bones are strong. Our metabolism is efficient. Our mobility is good. Our thinking is clear. Our moods are stable. That's all protein, y'all. But when we're talking specifically about increasing muscle mass, the two key things that we've got to do are strength train and eat protein. You might also remember from last week that we talked about... um, Catabolism versus anabolism, anabolism. I always want to say those wrong. But catabolism is the breaking down part of our metabolism and anabolism is the building up part of our metabolism. And sadly, as we age, we become more catabolic and it's harder for our bodies not only to maintain and build muscle, it's harder for our body to utilize protein towards that process. This is called anabolic resistance. You've probably heard of insulin resistance, right? Insulin is actually an anabolic hormone because it helps build us up. It puts uh, glucose into our cell to use as energy. When someone is insulin resistant, they can't get the glucose from the blood into the cell efficiently. 
And so the sugar kind of hangs out in the blood too long and too much, and that's dangerous for the body. This is the process of diabetes. A type 1 diabetic can't make insulin um, due to a condition in the pancreas. So type 1 is considered an autoimmune condition. You know, and, and that person will waste away um, unless they take in insulin because they can't get the nutrition into the cell because insulin is an anabolic hormone. Now, type 2 diabetes, on the other hand, is a totally different issue. It's more user error than mechanical error, so to speak. It can be corrected with diet and lifestyle changes. Someone who is um, overeating sugar and carbohydrates will create a situation of chronically high blood sugar and high demands on insulin to deal with it. And it's just overload on the body. And it gets to the point where your cells are like, I'm so over you, insulin. Stop trying to stuff sugar in here. We're full. And so we get this insulin resistance. Our cells are like, get out of here. But when you back off sugar and carbs, because remember, carbs turn to sugar in the body, you stop creating the situation where insulin has to just zoom in and take care of all this blood sugar, you know, all the time. And, and the more refined our um, carbohydrates and our sugar is, then, you know, insulin just kind of has to frantically like, ah, get in there. Um, and so the less we do that and, and call upon insulin to deal with all that, then the cells can, insulin gets a break, the cells get a break, and everything can kind of play catch up and deal with the sugar and um, just kind of start regulating again. And the cells will receive insulin and um, everything just starts to kind of normalize. Um, okay, I didn't mean to go off on a tangent about insulin and diabetes, but I, I do like to remind you of that because uh, we do have a type 2 diabetes epidemic in our country, and it can be helped. You know, remember, you just don't wake up and have diabetes. It starts with blood sugar dysregulation, um, quite often from too many carbs and not enough protein, I would add, which leads to insulin resistance and um, eventually full-blown type 2 diabetes. And you can control this by eating less carbs and sugar, by eating more protein and building muscle. Remember, muscle is our um, highest metabolic asset. We store um, sugar, glucose in our muscle. It's like the biggest storage house for sugar. And so we can, it helps us manage, you know, all of this, um, this glucose when we have uh, a good amount of muscle. Okay, but back to being anabolic resistant. As we age, we just don't uptake these amino acids from protein as well as we used to. Kids can suck those babies right up because they're growing so fast and they're in that anabolic state. But we aging people, we do not. Uh, this process of the muscle utilizing protein for growth is called muscle protein synthesis and we just don't do it as well as we get older. So we actually need more protein to stimulate those pathways. But sadly, uh, so many people eat less and less protein as they age, you know, when they need to do opposite. And, you know, if you throw in this campaign to try to turn everybody into, you know, vegetarians and tell everybody red meat is bad for you, it's just like this is a recipe for being in a broken down, catabolic, decrepit state in your older years. You know, I mean, red meat is not harmful for you, y'all. It's the sugar and the flour and the refined oils that didn't used to exist in our food supply. I mean, sugar did, but um, not in the refined way that it is now that we, we get so much exposure to. Um, red meat has always been a part of our food supply. It's a natural God-given food, which I might add, as I often like to. 
um, is one of the uh, kinds of meats that he recommended for us to eat. Okay, it's just a good source um, of amino acids, as are, you know, animal sourced foods. They're just a better source of amino acids. We can use them. Um, they're used by our body so much more efficiently than amino acids that are found in plant foods. So when we talk about eating protein, what we're after are the amino acids, specifically the essential amino acids, the EAAs. There are 20 amino acids, but only eight of them are essential. There's actually kind of a debate whether it's eight or nine. You'll read both. But regardless, um, the essential amino acids are present in the correct form and doses and ratios in animal foods, not necessarily in plant foods. It's more hit and miss. Um, it's, a, it's a little harder to come by the, the proper amounts when we're talking about plant foods. Essential amino acids are called essential because it is essential that your body get them. And the only way you can get them is from food or you can supplement, but food is our way to get these essential amino acids. You have to eat them for your body to use them. The remaining amino acids called non-essential amino acids are not essential to eat because they can be made by your body using the, uh, the primary essential amino acids. So we've got to get those. We've got to eat them. It's absolutely critical. I just, I cannot stress this enough. When you eat protein, your body breaks it down into individual amino acids, these, um, all of these amino acids, and then reassembles them into um, proteins, kind of reassembles them into proteins, into these chains of proteins that our body uses. It's kind of the way that we, you know, we have all the letters of the alphabet and we can assemble them in different ways to make different words, right? So our body assembles the amino acids into different chains to build different things in the body, you know, like a hormone or your muscle or skin or enzyme or an immune cell or a neurotransmitter. The number and sequence of the amino acids varies depending on what your body needs to make. And the thing is, you have to have the essential amino acids present and available in order for your body to make all of these different things. If your body is ready to make a hormone or build your muscle um, and it gets to the part of the sequence when it needs like valine, that's just one of the essential amino acids, okay? And say you don't have that because you didn't eat it then, I mean, you're just kind of SOL. I mean, sorry to be so blunt and frank, but that's the case. <laughs> if you can't make the chain that you need to build your body uh, because it's missing, you know, that essential amino acid, that's a problem. You know, it makes me think of all these people on medications for, you know, um, anxiety and depression and you know, they can't focus. And I mean, it very well could be that they don't have the amino acids to make the neurotransmitters to help regulate their moods and their focus. They simply don't have the building blocks, um, those amino acids to make build those sequences and the chains that they need. But you know, what does our medical system do? It just goes straight to prescribing medication. I mean, don't you dare ask what somebody's eating, you know, and ensuring they actually have the materials to make those critical feel-good chemicals that our body can produce when it has what it needs. Oh my gosh, that that kind of thing just mm, hurts my heart. But um, but we'll be working on this, you know, as part of um, 
10 times stronger and getting this protein that's we'll be working on our brains you know and making these neurotransmitters and supporting happy moods and better focus and clearer thinking you know it's it is we can call that part of our spirit mind body it's part of the mind part the physical part you know and supporting the brain or we need um, we need these amino acids in all areas of the body I hope you get the point when I'm saying here <laughs> that you need a good supply of the essential amino acids. That is what we're after when we eat protein, which again, you get most efficiently and effectively from animal-based foods. And that's another reason that meat-based therapeutic diets are so successful. Um, but you know, for our purposes here, we must certainly must have them to make muscle. Again, this is called muscle protein synthesis, which basically means the process of using amino acids to build new muscle, which is an anabolic process. But part of this un unfortunate anabolic resistance that we experience as we age is a reduced muscular response to protein intake, which is called protein or amino acid resistance. There's a lot of resistance going on here. Um, our muscles just don't utilize protein as well as they did when we were like in our 20s, you know? Uh, and listen, y'all, I know this all kind of sounds like a big Debbie Downer, like, wah, wah, we're old and our bodies don't work as well as they did in our 20s. But let me tell you something. I feel tons better in my 40s than I did in my 20s because I learned to support the mechanisms of my body as far as blood sugar regulation and digestion. I mean, I 100% know that I would be pre-diabetic or diabetic at this point if I had continued down the same road I was on in my 20s, the way I was eating and such. Um, I'd be so undernourished and toxic because of my poor digestion and my inability to poop. Um, so, you know, I'm not discouraged by this breaking down anabolic protein resistant process because and I know how to support my body through it. I know what, we, what I got to do. And that's what I'm trying to teach you here and trying to get us to understand and put into practice and 10 times stronger, just even to create the awareness about it, both here and as we do it in the program together. So just chin up, my friend, okay? We have so much power and agency over our bodies. It is a gift, but it does take some work. And that work includes stimulating our muscles, like we talked about last week, like taking them to the boil, making them work hard. And eating enough protein to support that, you know, to to repair and, and build the muscle and keep them strong. So what is enough protein? Well, the recommended dietary allowance, the RDA, set by a government agency, which, you know, sadly is often off target, um, its recommendation for protein is about 0.36 grams of protein per pound of body weight. So that translates into about 54 grams for a 150-pound uh, person and 72 grams for a 200-pound person. The thing about the RDA, which some of us call ridiculous daily allowance, is that it's not based on optimal levels. It's based on bottom line levels. Like, you gotta get at least this much protein to exist and to avoid major health crisis. But if we want thriving health, like a lean body, healthy weight, strong bones, prediction, uh, production of feel-good neurotransmitters, high brain function, steady hormones, beautiful skin, shiny hair, we need more than a scrape-by level of protein. We need optimal protein. 
And we know as we age, it's going to be harder for our bodies to utilize it efficiently. So we don't want to be skimpy about it. A better target um, is to get 0.7 grams of protein per pound. So take your body weight and times it by 0.7, and that would be your target. And so that translates into about 105 grams of protein for a 150-pound person and 140 grams for a 200-pound person. That's almost double. And for a really active person or even a person with a major weight loss goals or major muscle building goals, you can even go higher and get one gram of protein per pound of ideal body weight. Um, That's quite often the recommendation in the fitness world. That's a lot of protein. So if your goal weight is 140 pounds, you would eat 140 grams of protein. Now, I'm not going to lie. That, that's a lot. And it's not easy to do. Or I mean, I don't think it is. <laughs> and I love protein. But after listening to all of the experts and the science about it, and really trying to, you know, hone in on this process, if we can get 90 grams of protein a day, that puts us in a really good position for promoting all of these health goals. And here's something that I learned from Dr. Don Lehman and Dr. Gabrielle Lyon, who I mentioned last week, and actually Dr. Lehman has been her mentor. He is a a protein specialist, researcher, scientist for over 30 years. But I've heard this from them, and I've never heard it anywhere else, but that is that for every 100 grams of protein you eat, your body generates about 60 grams of glucose, okay, of sugar. So it's this process called gluconeogenesis, which means making new sugar. And it's interesting because when we think about it, you know, our body needs essential amino acids that we get from protein. It needs essential fatty acids that we get from fats, but it doesn't need essential glucose, essential carbohydrates. Um, And part of the reason that it can, your body can make its own sugar from protein, if you get at least 100 grams of protein. So I think that's pretty interesting. And I mean, frankly, I'd rather eat my carbs and my sugar. <laughs> but I mean, it's not, I'm not saying that it's an exact same kind of process. Um, but you know what I'm saying? I like to make room for some carb in my life. Um, so anyway, even if you were getting that gram per pound um, protein, um, you can still eat carbohydrates. It's fine. But I just think that's a very interesting um a very interesting piece of science that they have shared that I've never heard anywhere else. So I don't think a lot of people have heard that either. But they do both agree that 90 grams a day is a good target. And so that is our goal in 10 times stronger. And what we want to do is ideally split that up into three meals. So three meals of 30 grams of protein at each meal. It's, we're using a protein distribution strategy. And there are several reasons we want to do this. But a main one for our purposes here is that 30 grams at each meal gives us a better chance at stimulating that mo- muscle protein synthesis. There's one essential amino acid called leucine that is key to initiating muscle protein synthesis. And we need about two and a half to three grams of it at one sitting to get enough to support that process, which you can usually get from about 30 grams of animal protein. Now, the amount of leucine differs in individual protein. So, you know, it differs a little bit, you know, from chicken or 
or um, fish or beef or whatever, but it is certainly much higher and more bioavailable in animal-based proteins, like I said, as are all the essential amino acids, which is why we're focusing on them. If you tried to get leucine from plant proteins, which remember are really carbohydrates with proteins in them, plant foods are not primary protein foods. You would have to eat a lot more at one sitting um, to reach that leucine threshold. Like you'd have to eat a ton of quinoa to get there. And when we ha- when we do that, if we're trying to get a lot of our protein from carbohydrates, we have to eat so much more of it, which can lead to energy or calorie overload. It can also lead to some digestive issues. And, you know, we don't want either one of those. But leucine is kind of what turns on the ignition and makes the way for the rest of the essential amino acids to come in and work their magic. So it's really important. Other good reasons to distribute your protein intake throughout the day is that it stabilizes blood sugar, it helps reduce cravings, and helps prevent you from overeating um, at an individual meal. And th- this is all a really effective route to getting you lean. You know, it really works towards that goal. And 10 times stronger, we're going to take this process step by step and work up to that 90 gram a day goal. Because for some of us, it's going to be a little overwhelming. You know, it's hard to go from under eating protein to hitting higher protein goals. Um, Your digestive system, first of all, might have to wake back up because it's kind of that scenario. You don't use it, you lose it when it comes to your body producing the gastric juices and enzymes it needs to break down protein. So you might need some, um, you might even need some supplemental digestive support during that process. And of course, I will be happy to walk you through that in 10 times stronger. So each week, we're going to have a goalpost we're working toward to optimize this protein intake and protein distribution strategy. Uh, First things first, we want to nail breakfast. Um, And then we're going to work on dinner and then lunch in that order. But even if you just nailed that breakfast goal, getting 30 grams of protein at breakfast, and by breakfast, I mean your first meal of the day, whenever that happens to be that you break your fast, you will see some improvement. It's going to replenish your amino acids after your body, you know, has been at work all night detoxing and repairing muscle um, and resetting your hormones it's going to stabilize your blood sugar. It's going to be filling so you don't overeat. In general, it's just going to set you up for success for the rest of your day. If you can get that 30 grams at your first meal. Then we prioritize dinner so that we have a nice supply of amino acids going into our night of rest, which is when our body comes alive to do its detoxing and repairing. And remember that our muscles grow in the reparation process. So we want to make sure that we Um, are giving our body a a nice um, wallop of amino amino acids to do that, right? When we're going into that, that time. And then our last goal is lunch. If we had to say, you know, um, the least important amount meal of the day, um, our last goal would be would be lunchtime. Now, um, I know a lot of you might be wondering, what if I only eat two meals a day? Because I have a lot of Feast of Fasters that only eat twice a day. And that is fine. Um, I would try to get more than 30 grams at um, your two meals. Um, and if you have a snack, you know, have some protein with that. that um, but I've also got some other strategies that we can use. And we'll go through it in 10 times stronger. Um, you know, some things that I did when I didn't feel like eating a three 
full meals. And by the way, as we're working on this, these goals in 10 times stronger, we're going to um, target five days a week um, instead of every single day. I just, I think everybody needs a few grace days in their week um, because we all need a little grace room for that, a little wiggle room. And sometimes you just need a break from meat. The last week's goal in 10 times stronger is to add an additional 30 gram meal if you want to. That's optional. But for those of us who are trying to get closer to that gram per pound of body weight, that will be our time to experiment with that and to bring that in. Now, I do want to say this. I don't want anybody eating when they're not hungry. Like we're not force feeding ourselves. Protein is super filling, um, which is why it's awesome, you know, for helping you manage portion control and cravings and all of that. But I don't want you eating for the sake of eating and trying to, you know, just arbitrarily hit a number. Um, but also, you know, it's it's one way, that's another reason we're going to kind of work into this because it's just using your digestive process a little bit differently. Proteins, I mean, again, a little bit, um, it is more demanding to break down. You need those gastric juices and everything. But um, the thing is, if you are hungry, you know, truly hungry, then protein is what I want you to prioritize. A, a good test of your true hunger versus a craving is if you're willing to, you know, eat some eggs or steak or chicken or tuna or jerky. And if not, then you're not truly hungry. I had a lot of come to Jesus moments with myself when I did my carnivorous experiment. You know, I was only eating meat and some fruit, which was completely nourishing and totally filling. But I'd find myself standing in front of the fridge looking for things to eat. Not because I was hungry, but because I just wanted something different than what I was eating, right? That experiment was just, it was really one of the best things I've ever done, even though it was hard because it brought me so much awareness about myself and eating. It was more of a mental challenge than anything. And getting through that experiment and sticking to it was just, it was really rewarding. And see y'all, we're not even talking about going carnivore here. We're just bringing in more optimal amount of protein. So I know you can do it. But this actually would be a good um, foot in the door experiment for anyone who has been curious or interested in trying carnivore. Just, you know, simply starting with a higher animal-based protein goal. Um, That's a great entry into that. So much about what we're doing in 10 Times Stronger is just having this container to become more aware, to experiment, to challenge ourselves physically and mentally, and to practice this nutritional strategy in a space where I can teach you and help you troubleshoot, um, support you, help you not get too crazy and bogged down in the physical aspects of it, um, because we keep the Lord in our true purpose front and center. You know, without that balance of the spiritual, we become too focused on the physical. We become too fleshly driven. And that is when the crazy train sets in. I could not do this work, you know, teaching nutrition and talking about so much physical body stuff. And especially when we're talking about weight management, you know, I can do that all day long. If I didn't have my eyes on the Lord and remembering that this body is his. And it's here to honor him. And it doesn't matter what shape or size it is. um, But I am called to care for it, um, to have good stewardship of it. And that the healthier I am, the better equipped I am to serve. When again, if I think back to my 20s, when I was just 
you know, I don't think you would know it from the the outset, but I was just kind of lethargic, you know? I mean, I was still fun. <laughs> I'm a fun girl, but um, I was just not as clear-headed and, um, you know, ready to go. And I was so much more tired and my stomach was always hurting. And I just, you know, again, thank you, Jesus. If I was still on in on that same way, that path when I was then, I mean, I don't even know where I'd be right now. My gosh, I certainly would not have the energy and the drive to serve um, the way that I can and do and desire to do now. But, um, you know, there's a verse from Hebrews 3.3. 3. It says, he, and by he, there, it, says, it means Jesus, Jesus deserves greater glory than Moses in the same way that the builder of the house deserves more honor than the house itself. And I love that as a reminder to not become overly focused on the house, our holy house, our body, right? But to be focused on the builder, the maker of the body. My calling, um, you know, to help you is to help you remember that and, and to create the space for you to operate in that. And so whether it's Feast of Fast or 10 Times Stronger or the Genesis Prescription or Self-Coaching Christians, all the programs that I create for my clients are intended to teach you and help you and guard your heart and keep God's presence real and active and prioritized in the process. Um, before I go, I want to talk about the whole counting thing. Um, which I despise, as you know, and which is one of those things that can make me crazy. And so I do avoid it as much as possible. You know, in Feast to Fast, we don't count calories or track all our macronutrients. We just hone in on carb intake. We only pay attention to how many carbs we're getting. And in 10 times stronger, we're honing in our protein intake. I have decided I can only deal with one macronutrient at a time. <laughs> If I have to pay attention to numbers, but that honestly, y'all is pretty darn effective. It has served me well and has served my feast of fasters well, because if we're intentional with one macronutrient, the others fall into place um, a little more easily. And this program is actually a wonderful complement to feast to fast. It's just kind of coming at it from a different angle. It's pretty cool, really. It's going to sharpen my people who have been through Feast of Fast, but it's also going to be incredibly effective and educational for those who have not yet done Feast of Fast. We still don't count calories. We won't be tracking carbs or fats. You can if you want to, you know, and if you're in the group and you want direction on that, on, you know, kind of macronutrient ratios, um, because you are a counter or a tracker, you'd like to log stuff in, I'm happy to guide you on that. We're just not going to do that as a group practice. Um, we're just honing in on protein intake and becoming more aware of what 30 grams looks like. Okay. It's funny. Well, it's not really funny, um, actually, because protein is, it is harder to quantify than carbs because a lot of it's by weight. And I mean, uh -uh, having to weigh food, just please just shoot me, I, you know, <laughs> That's like going further than I want to. But, um, you know, through this process, I found it kind of frustrating because I'm like, you know, some of it is by weight. I'm like, how can we make this less painful? You know, in the early years of watching my carbs, I just searched on the Internet, you know, like how many carbs are in a medium sized apple or a cup of sweet potatoes or half a cup of rice or whatever. Um, and that's what I would do. And then I would just kind of jot down my carb uh, my carbs for the day. And, you know, that's what I did in the beginning of Feast of Fast. Now I just, I can eyeball it. You know, I know 
um, about how many carbs are going to equal my target for the day. And but anyway, when you search for carbs like that, you get a little bit of variation in the numbers, but not much. But if you search how much protein is in, you know, say four ounces of chicken, my goodness, you can get like a 20 gram span of difference. You know, one will say, like, oh, 21 grams, and the other might say, oh, 40 grams. And it was kind of frustrating, you know, going through this process and trying to figure it out. And so I did have to take it a little deeper than I like to. But what I did was kind of put together my findings and my notes on what gets to 30 grams of protein, just kind of the things that I did. Um, some of them, I mean, it's not an exhaustive list, but it will definitely give you a good place to start and to go from. And so if you would like to download that list, you can go to my website, thechristiannutritionist.com and under free guides, it will be there. It'll be um, 30 grams of protein ideas. So you can get that um, and you can register for 10 times stronger. I think we're going to open that next week. So I hope you'll come join us. It will be a fantastic way to, um, a great challenge for May and going into these summer months and just really, um, honoring our body with, you know, flooding it with these amino acids and trying to build our lean body mass. It's going to be good. All right, my friends, thank you so much for listening. I hope you learned something um, interesting and helpful and hopeful. You know, I hope that it gives you hope and shows you how to support your body um, no matter what age um, that we are. All right, my friends, I hope you have a healthy and blessed week and I will talk to you soon. Remember that my mom is an awesome nutritionist, but she's not a doctor. The information in this podcast is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Always talk to your doctor before making changes to your nutrition or exercise program. Thanks for listening. Have a healthy and blessed week.